Hello, and welcome to Fresh Blood, a podcast about killing it in the age of ageism, where we prove that new blood does not necessarily equal young blood. I'll be your host, Jolie Downs. With over 20 years of executive recruiting experience, I've learned how much we need discussions around this issue. Thank you for joining us here on Fresh Blood. Today, I'm talking with Tammy Shuring. Tammy has had an illustrious career as an executive and leader in the enterprise software sales space for over 25 years. She has successfully climbed that corporate ladder, holding highly strategic and pivotal roles for her corporations. As a sales leader, Tammy has transformed her sales teams through the power of story, consistently building strong, authentic relationships throughout her career. Tammy, can you tell us a little bit more about your background? Sure, I'd be happy to. Thanks for having me, Jolie. Yes, I kind of stumbled into tech. I grew up in Silicon Valley and actually came home after university to start my graduate work locally here at Cal and ended up falling into tech. Didn't mean to. It kind of grabbed me and it never let go. And I didn't even know that there was such a job as an enterprise sales executive, I thought selling was what my best friend's dad did at the Cadillac dealership down at Stevens Creek. So I didn't know that this job existed, but it seemed to be made perfectly for me. Oh, I know that feeling. I had the same experience with recruiting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was an interesting, you know, situation. I didn't know that there was an opportunity to take the very technical mindset that I had as a math major and was planning to work on my doctorate in mathematics, yet I was an athlete and very much an extrovert. And, you know, my favorite thing has always been meeting people and building connection. And to combine these two worlds was just not something you heard about at university or even the people that I was talking to. So it kind of grabbed onto me. And next thing I knew, I, I blinked and, and here we are, you know, many, many years later. And I've been in this industry the entire time, always enterprise software. I was a sales executive very early on. And because I worked in startups initially, I actually had the opportunity to dive in on roles that probably on paper And based on the fact that I literally could barely order a drink legally, I could not rent a car. At that time, I was a field sales rep and progressed from there and then ended up getting tapped on my shoulder after being a top rep for many years and asked to go lead an enterprise software team at the VP of sales about 20 years ago. And I called in my courage and decided to step into that crazy area of leadership and haven't looked back. And you have, I mean, successfully climbed that ladder throughout your career. What would you say has contributed to your path of success? Well, I would say the biggest thing is actually relationship building. I am a huge, huge lover of connection. And I mean that wholeheartedly. I can't even stop myself. But, you know, being able to you know, meet people on planes, or at least back when we were flying. My job required that I meet a lot of people. And frankly, in the beginning of my career, people weren't talking about building relationships. It was like you were supposed to sell to these people and make sure you 
memorize this and don't forget all these points yet. I didn't look at it that way. I looked at it as always an opportunity to truly build relationships. And I think looking back, that's what did the most for my career, both from a achievement perspective within the jobs I was in, and then being able to open up new opportunities because I think it was natural, but I learned very quickly. I created this pathway in my brain where I knew the more open I was and the more I shared my story, the beauty was what I got in return was I got to hear their story. And as I heard the story of others, that connection was very quickly built. And it was those connections and not being afraid to ask a question, ask for an introduction. I think that was the biggest thing that really opened the doors, both with clients and with opportunities for advancement in my career. So being a human, really just being a human, making those human connections as opposed to a goal. That is it. That is exactly it, Jolie. As a matter of fact, I I say a little something in my brain a lot. I, I say to myself, let go of the outcome. That's not about the outcome. Like be in the moment and truly listen. And I, I think that listening is actually even more vulnerable than sharing. And to truly listen, you actually need to stop thinking about the next thing to say, not memorize, you know, thinking about the things you're supposedly supposed to memorize or cover, or even thinking in some ways where the meeting's going to very, you know, wholeheartedly all in listen. It's one of the most important things, no matter what you do. And I think it's something that's not really understood. I think it's very scary when you think about it. And it's actually where the real connection lies. So I spent a lot of time really leaning in, listening, and finding my courage to do that and knowing that I would be able to get where I needed to be at the right time if I just listened and followed the clues. Yeah. I love that. And it, it makes me reflect because that's actually the advice that I give people when they're in interviews. And it's a huge piece of advice because most people go in and they're just thinking of all the things that they want to say. They're not really listening to what the interview is actually talking about. And this makes me reflect because this is something that we need to consistently remind ourselves of, not just in interviews or in a sales call, but really in all aspects of life to call in that, that listening. You're so right. I really love Absolutely. that. And I think it takes, you know, you need to put in the effort to really be comfortable in what, you know, what's your story? What, what are your superpowers as I call them? You know, where do you want to be? I mean, doing that prep ahead of time so that you're not running through any kind of, of script. You can sit there and let any question that you get drop and then be able to truly answer it. And at the same time, when it when you can pass the torch and ask a question or hear somebody's story, you can also sit there confidently, truly leaning in, actively listening. So being prepared has always been a part of it as well, which to me was always, I always had this mantra that if I was going to learn something to the point where I was to speak about it, I wanted to learn it two levels deeper than I would ever speak about it at because that allowed me to just kind of let it rip. You know, it's like I 
I know the content at which I'm going to speak about. So, and I've got enough additional depth that if a question comes up or the conversation steers in another direction, I've got the confidence to just be in the present. And so what would you say has been your greatest success and what did you learn from it? Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that the other day, somebody asked me this very question and what came to mind for me was not too, well, a couple of years ago, my company got acquired by a very large multi-billion dollar software company. And the head of that company is a very well-known woman in business. And you could say in our industry, an absolute celebrity. And at one point she asked me to have a one-on-one meeting and she wanted to know why the acquisition of my company was the most successful acquisition in the history of this very large company. And I thought, wow, what a question. I can't, I'm honored you're asking me this. And my response was that the number one goodbye among my team was, I love you. And when I said it, I just glowed and I started to tear up because I knew it wasn't about the outcome. It wasn't the fact that we built this company up. It's a security software company that we sold it to this big company that we had integrated it in. You know, that whole saying, it's about the journey. That was that moment where I realized that was the thing I was the most proud of, hands down, that we created really this family. And it didn't matter the money, the accolades, all of that paled in comparison to feeling that connected and united around our mission. But really it was about, it wasn't even the mission, it was the people. Oh, I think that's amazing. It gave me chills when you said that, honestly. <laughs> I, you know, I love, I, I love you. I think that's wonderful because that, that is something that is truly special to build in a corporate environment. So, you know, which leads me, I like this question of what is your greatest regret been? And I, and I do not always like the word regret because I believe any mistake or failure, if you will, is a learning process. So I I like the question because what did you learn from it is really where I had to go with that. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of a, well, not more than, more than kind of, I'm a glass part full person that may be one of my superpowers is that I seem to always see the good in things and situations. And, you know, I'd say one of the toughest things was I learned a lesson early on that um, helped build up this startup company. And we actually went public and it was during the whole dot-com foray. And our company actually wasn't a dot-com, but it got kind of caught up in the hype of it. And we IPO'd it, it had a $2 billion market value when it went public. And you know, we were all sitting around, those of us that helped build it for a number of years. It's felt like, you know, total blood, sweat, and tears. I remember I put off having kids at one point to really lean into this. And we sat there, you know, all excited thinking, wow, you know, we have arrived. And then before we could even sell those shares, the whole dot bomb thing happened. And, you know, the value was just decimated. And and it still had a lot of value compared to what my option price was, but I didn't sell. And I think I learned a valuable lesson, which is you don't have relationships with companies. You have relationships with people. And I felt like I was turning my back on the people if I was to sell my shares when, you know, had been really high and then it had gone down, but it was still, you know, a major life-changing opportunity. 
And I stubbornly, you know, I was in my 20s and I stubbornly said, no, we can build this back up to what we saw. And in the end, I could probably put the wallpaper on my office right now with those share certificates because that's about all the worth that they were. But, you know, it was a very valuable lesson about separating, you know, that, like I said, the connection to the people versus the connection to a company or a mission. And, you know, people talk a lot about that uniting. And the reality is when, you know, you see these amazing feats of courage, like in the military or, you know, other, you know, massively courageous things, you'll hear it's never been about the mission. It's always been about the person to the left of you, to the right of you, in front of you and behind you. And I think I confused that in that moment, but I also learned another valuable lesson that, well, one, I'm not in control (laughs) and that I could end up, and I joke that, you know, with some of my friends have you know, worked really hard and had those kinds of magical once in a lifetime outcomes. And I joke that the world still needs me doing what I do and that maybe they, you know, they kind of run their course, but yeah. So I, that's me still seeing the the glass part full. (laughs) It's the best way to go. That's for sure. So have you personally experienced or, or witnessed ageism in the workplace? You know, I thought a lot about this. I, I don't believe I have. I've, I've seen it peripherally in the sense that I've heard friends talk about having issues and I've helped to, you know, try to get, get past those and make a few calls because it really frustrates me. I think like any ism in the world today, it doesn't make sense. It's like, you know, treating someone based on, you know, that flat piece of paper, you know, that resume, that two-dimensional, you know, I've, I've never been a fan of that. I mean, it's an input, but it's definitely not a decision maker. And, you know, I'm the type of person who, you know, even named my daughter a crossover name because I thought it should be irrelevant. Someone shouldn't care about any of these elements. And so, you know, I actually think if anything, I saw it more when I was really young and capable and was just lucky that I looked older and that it uh, enabled me to reach for things that probably on paper, nobody would have given me that shot. So maybe it's ingrained in me how I was treated based on my capabilities. So I've always been very conscious of that. And I've had people on my team many times who I've shared stories with about even my parents and have gotten back stories in return because that person had, you know, experienced a similar thing like the Vietnam War or, you know, things in history. And I've always just been, it's about who you are as a human being. I don't see things like that, but I can see how it has happened and it's unfortunate. I'm curious if you feel like there's anything about you or your industry, your space that might help with bypassing that ageism challenge. I think that it's really about showing up, being authentic. I think that the fear of it is really difficult to get past in the sense that when you show up to an interview or have a discussion, if you're already predisposed to thinking that this is a factor... I think that it really locks you up 
And I think authenticity is the best thing we can ever bring to any kind of meeting. And when we show up our true selves, it's where the magic happens. And when we try to be something that we're not, we're not in flow. So I think that it's one of those things where it's like, the more we can each do as individuals to say, you know, I am enough exactly the way that I am. And that there's always two sides to every coin. And the element of having seen so many things and had various experiences, I think is priceless. I had a person running my events team when we would do a bunch of marketing events um, for a long time. And, you know, we'd all, he'd often share stories at various events where my parents showed up and it was clear they were absolutely had experienced a lot of the same things. And I always wondered why he did struggle. He knew everybody in the Bay Area and he was so genuinely loved because he showed up, he did what he said he was going to do. And it's so much experience that you really, you know, couldn't find if, unless you'd been there, done that. And, and I did hear stories from him after we parted ways from a work perspective and, you know, the struggle is real and it very much makes me sad happy to report. He does have a great job right now, but I do feel when he stopped really focusing on it and the fear and then the, you know, kind of like almost rumors that it might be really hard for him. And he just showed up and he owned it and he leveraged his references who would say, like I just said about him, I think it broke through some of the noise because that's some of it is just the noise. It's hard to be truly seen if there's a lot of candidates Anyway, we need to leverage every connection we can to warm up that contact. And you touched on something really important there as well, that concept of knowing that you are enough. Uh, Like you said, this gentleman was amazing and everyone loved him, but maybe he wasn't feeling that internally, which can cause a struggle. And just knowing, knowing internally that you are enough and owning that and feeling it makes all the difference in the world, regardless of your age or where you are in life. I'm curious if you have any advice that you would give people who are younger and would be looking to bring on someone who is older than themselves. Because I think that that is a psychological barrier in a lot of cases when you have you have people who don't want to bring someone who has more experience than them underneath them. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I experienced this a lot because I became a leader at such a young age, it was inevitable. I mean, I was asking for in certain roles, you know, you you know, years of experience on there were exceeding my own, yet I was the executive. And there was always this, you know, there was sometimes this feeling of, wow, you know, this person's been doing this for a lot longer than me. But at the end of the day, it's having that confidence that you are where you are because it's where you're supposed to be and it's what you've earned and you've worked hard for. I think when we start to doubt and compare ourselves, that fear is a dangerous, dangerous thing. And I think when we can, you know, really lean into where we're at and know that we are there for a reason and, you know, people aren't really coming at us, you know, we're in a situation of, being able to just, you know, be in that moment and 
accept, you know, what might be coming at us, no matter, you know, who we're talking to. I think it starts internally. I don't think it's something that you can tell people to do. I think that when there's that confidence, it's almost hard to see it. And I, I don't know if that makes sense, but I have a hard time seeing age. I have a hard time seeing other factors because I know that I'm enough. And so it's, so I think a lot of times it's a reflection, it's projection more than it is about the person. And I think when we sit there and think about how do we want to be treated, you know, that nice golden rule we all met, we all read about and were taught in third grade, I think it's like, you know, do to others as we would want done to ourselves is that when we were really young and trying to reach for that next step and hoping someone would take a chance on us. And then even the reverse, I just think no matter what, treat people the way you'd want to be treated at any station of your life. Oh, completely. And you're so right. When you are confident in yourself, when you have that self-assuredness, your only goal is to bring on the right person. Who's going to who's gonna up-level to that next success? And that's the only, only thing you need to worry about, not age or how much experience or anything. Definitely. And as a leader, you learn quickly. And if you don't, you probably don't stay a leader that your number one job is to surround yourself with amazing people. And usually those people know more than you do. And you're hiring people that, you know, do a number of different things and are really good at certain things. And you, you know, a person can't be really, really good at everything and complementing your own skills and bringing in others that are, you know, just excellent in certain areas. That's when you're bringing together the ultimate team. So wrapping up, is there any best advice that you would give someone in the you know 20 plus years of experience category that might be experiencing some of these frustrations with ageism? You know, I think it's about first recognizing whoever the meeting is with, we all put on our pants one leg at a time. You know, we're all human. And, you know, using that, you know, remembering that as we go in and just knowing, you know, as long as we show up and, you know, really share our stories. I think that we get a little locked up trying to cover, you know, give that talking resume and, and give all of the details. And when we have a lot that we've done, we may run the risk of thinking we need to sort of show up and throw up and kind of like give it, give them all of it. When, when reality is, I think that when we can show versus tell, Meaning when we can share a story where the moral of that story conveys our effectiveness, our values, our skills, our superpowers, that's when the magic happens. When I can see the movie of what that person is sharing because they tell me a true story and, you know, stories have an arc. They're not just all rainbows and unicorns and you know, the easy, happy stuff. Usually a story has that grit, that turnaround moment, that, you know, that difficult struggle. And it's in that where we're geared to connect because that's what make us, makes us human, that imperfection. And I think if we, you know, hear a question and I, I say, let it drop, meaning just give yourself a second, take it in 
And what's coming up for you when you hear that question and let yourself share the story that's coming up that conveys, you know, the point that you think you want to make versus just telling someone, yes, I'm a hard worker. You know, why not share a story where you feel you really were exemplifying hard work? And I think that goes so much further than just, you know, sharing the bullet points and conveying the facts. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you want to bring up or mention at this point? Well, I'd say don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to, you know, ask for advice, even if it's someone you don't know well. If you read something on LinkedIn or anywhere and you see something and it inspires you, you know, what's the worst thing that the person can do is miss out on the opportunity to connect with you. And you know, don't take it personally, but reach out, go for it and ask the question. And I think it's very empowering to, you know, to speak your truth. And if something comes up and, you know, you feel like you are nervous about X, Y, or Z, I'm a big believer when we call these things out, it's, I I kind of equate it to sort of like we show the Velcro, I call it when we show kind of the rough edges and since the way our brains work, that people, we have these mirror neurons and people will tend to mirror what they see. And we always have the opportunity, regardless of the point in the conversation, to quote unquote, go first and really open up and kind of show that Velcro. So far, I'm batting a thousand. Every time I do this, I'm always met with the other person's Velcro. And you think about that, you know, when two pieces come together, it's kind of kind of like you have to really work at it to pull apart. But when you show up with the plastic, the mask and, you know, portraying this, I got it, I got it, this perfectionism, putting on these errors. I mean, that's, if you, you know, if you give the plastic, you're going to get the, the plastic. And I kind of think of that like the slip and slide, you know, it never actually connects. It just like rubs off each other and is forgotten. So I live my life looking for the Velcro. Oh, I love that. That's the first time I've heard that. It's beautiful and so right on and excellent advice too, because you know what? You don't get anything you don't ask for. So really, really right on. Thank you so much, Tammy. This was incredibly insightful and I think very helpful. I really appreciate your time. Oh, you're welcome. I've enjoyed it. Thank you, Jolie. I so enjoyed my talk with Tammy. She left us with many great pieces of advice. I loved her comments on relationship building because making those personal connections can make all the difference in your world and in your success. She urges us to be more open with our own story because the more you open up, the more others will too. And that's where the true connection is built. To treat people as humans as opposed to goals. Let go of the outcome. Make it more of a, what can I do for you as opposed to what can you do for me? And really be in the moment. Truly listen. She urges us to know our own story. What is your story? What are your own superpowers? Know your story so you can sit comfortably with it, which will allow you to be truly present with others and learn about theirs. When you are authentic and show up as your true self, you allow others to do the same. And that is where the magic happens. We touched on the feeling of knowing that you are enough. 
This is so important and really a topic that could have its own episode. The more that you know you are enough, when you own that truth, you are truly capable of anything. When you doubt and compare yourself to others, when you let fear take over, you lose what makes you, you. When you see someone who's exuding confidence, you don't see age or any other petty little thing. You see that amazing, confident glow and it draws you in. Now, I can't tell you how impressed and how much respect I have for the fact that her professional team would tell each other, I love you. How powerful is that? Why aren't we all creating teams with such cohesiveness and care? She built a team that wasn't about the outcome, it was about their journey together. And in turn, they created a family within their work environment, which then created the most successful acquisition for her company. If that isn't a case study I would want to replicate, I don't know what is. Finally, she leaves some strong advice for those who may be looking for work at the moment. Leverage your references. Use those relationships that you have built. Do not be afraid to ask for help or for advice. Reach out and go for it. You have nothing to lose. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. So do what you need to do to break through the noise. When interviewing, remember to show and not tell. If you're asked a question, it's okay to think about it for a moment and come up with a story that works. If you want the interviewer to know that you are adaptable and a hard worker, a quick learner, don't just tell them that you are. Use it as an opportunity to share a story about a time that you did not have experience with something, but quickly ramped up, mastered it, and was able to do something good for your client or your company or your team. You will then leave them knowing that you are adaptable, a quick learner, and a hard worker, as opposed to you just telling them that you are. And I'll leave you with this final thought from Tammy. Remember to be the Velcro. If you give plastic, you're going to get plastic in turn, which slides right off with no connection. Be real. Be authentic. Be the Velcro. And you'll get Velcro back in turn, which those connections they're going to stick people. We'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time with us on Fresh Blood. If you love this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, or giving us a review. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again on the next episode.